This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! Another edition of the High Ups Podcast. Jack, was that enough of a yo for the Nick Pavetta game we saw on Saturday? Was it enough? The jersey has been ordered. Uh, <laughs> who's the game one starter in the playoffs right now? I mean, it's, like, it's, it's Pavetta, right? It's not even a debate. It's not even open for consideration at this point who is the number one game one starter. Uh, in the postseason, it is obviously Nick Pavetta, number 43. Um, it just delivered one of the most beautiful masterpieces uh, in baseball history on Saturday. <laughs> and I just got to say, like, for as awesome as a Super Bowl was, that was my Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, man. We could tell by the rampage you went on on Twitter. Guess what, everybody? Jack Fritz saves his receipts. Yeah, I didn't forget. <laughs> you did not I forget. I sure didn't forget. Maybe a premature, uh, you know. I'm, no. a, I'm, a, I'm a big early reaction guy. No, you if don't. you're not first to take, your last. That's, That's my point. opinion. So, And you are a pure takesman, as you've told me many first, times. First to the take. Uh, I will live and die by the take. Uh, it burned me with Markel Fultz. It was looking like it was beginning to burn me with Nick Pavetta, but... <laughs> My boy's coming through. <laughs> oh, I mean, man. what a performance. Am I going to completely ignore the several hard hit balls that happen to you right at people? You're darn right. I'm going <laughs> to completely ignore that. But, but, uh, he, like, there was moments where old Pavetta would have crumbled, but brand new Pavetta is here and he's blossoming like we all expected. It only happened to be after months of strife. And he did drop an F bomb in the post game, oh, which was, was everything for me. Right after we talked about the like, good game, let's oh. go eat. It was so good. Right after we talked about that. I know. It was great. It's, it, it has officially replaced the Seinfeld clip for my post-game wins. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a, that's big news. It is big news. Wow. It is. I have not been able to unleash it yet, obviously, because they lost yesterday. But that clip is officially uh, the post-win, because it's awesome. And, well, it's great, too, because he does it, and then he realizes he did it, and he giggles, and Murph giggles, and then they just go on, but it was great. Oh, it was just awesome. It was a very genuine moment. I mean, like, yes. I mean, in all seriousness, like, good for him, man. Like, he went down to Triple obviously pissed off about it he drove to and fro from philadelphia to lehigh valley every single day which he, i love that attitude by the way well and he has a lot of time to think in the car that's what he said he yeah. talked about that that it made him think but also just the attitude of like i'm staying in philly like yeah. i know that i'm in the myers but i'm supposed to be here I, I look for a guy who and we'll dive into the whole weekend's action and all that weekend yes okay it was a weekend it was Yes. Just stay on point here. Right. Um, for a guy who really, you know, had the, the lowest of lows uh, in a year where everyone, not, and again, not just you, not just this podcast, not just national media, whatever, like the team themselves. Larry Bo was talking about Nick Pavetta is going to be a star. Like everyone was in on Nick Pavetta for him to start. They made him the, the number two. They made him the number two. He was the talk of spring training. And for him to to start out, he did, and then go to the for a guy who's had so many like all we talk about is the between the the ears type of stuff. Yeah, I'm really impressed with Nick Pavetta, man. I'm really impressed with the way that guy's gone about his business. And you kind of you kind of see it being sustainable. Like if he, if it was like a streak where like Eikhoff was doing this or whatever. Like I don't know, Eikhoff did do it for his did, first he, like four or five. He starts did a little bit, but like when you're watching Nick Pavetta it right looks now, different. Well, it does look different, and it's like, where do I see this really going wrong? I guess if it's if people start really squaring up as fast, like obviously he's not going to be that dominant every single start, but I, there's no reason to believe he can't give you six or seven innings at this point, uh, less than three runs. I mean, like that's all we were really asking for, um, and just the way he was being so efficient on Saturday, like we've never seen that level of efficiency. It was From like, him? No, yeah. never. No, it was like... <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was like, I'm going to get the ball back, go. Get the ball back, go. He was working so fast, dude. It was awesome to watch. The whole weekend was... Super 
super quick games. I wish we could play the Reds every single game because those games flew by. They do swing early and count, but I appreciate it. Every single it. time. It was unbelievable. But it was really, I thought, and you and look, you can't ignore, the. I think you really do have to take into account to that first start too. Like the, the warming up, the rain delay and all that had that rough inning, but then settled in again there. That was another spot where old Nick Pavetta after that three-run first inning is cooked. His game's over, yeah. and he settled back in. We've seen him, and then going up against the best team in the National League, went in there and gave him six brilliant innings when they needed it. And he owned Cody Bellinger twice. I just wanted him owned his soul. Yeah, yeah. Cody Bellinger still hasn't recovered. He just gave nightmares. About Cody Pavetta. Bellinger's in the tank because I just of Nick read a Pavetta. Story about it. He's saying nightmares about Nick Pavetta. He can't get past it. Yeah, we all do. I I had nightmares <laughs> about the Sixth Sense when I was eight, and Cody Bellinger can't get past the Nick Pavetta at bats. So oh, I can't believe you're eight when this. I, stop making me feel. No, it's old, not when Jack. it came out. That's just when I saw it. Even worse, Jack. Yes. Even no, I'm trying to make you feel as bad as I possible. I was an adult practically by the time the success came. <laughs> and Nick Pavetta had no walks in both starts. Both he starts. Has no done walks. a walk in 15 innings. Um, and 15 the thi- innings, one earn, 15 strikeouts, no walks. I mean, come on, man. Break out Pavetta. That's break out anybody. I mean, that's that's a two starts. That, look, that is the best two start stretch, and that's including Eflin. That three start stretch he had. This is the best two start stretch we've seen from any pitcher on this team all season long. Yes, and the thing that I love the most about where we're at with Pavetta right now is his start against the Reds was the least amount that he had used his fastball. So while I think his fastball is very good and can get played up off of his other stuff, when he gets into trouble, it's when he's throwing his fastball 60% of the time because eventually major league hitters are going to square it up. Like It's it's a good fastball that he can throw hard, but it's way better when he can mix in those other pitches and get hitters way off balance. So like even in 2-1 counts, he was throwing a curveball to get back into a count, and guys just didn't see it coming. And the curve was nasty. His curve was nasty. The slider, I'm, I, I, slider I was, looks way better than it ever has. I was on record saying I didn't believe in it, but... Ever since he's come back, he's throwing it like I saw a couple that have hit ninety miles an hour. If he's throwing a ninety mile an hour slider, like that's a problem. So he's throwing. He threw that. I think for the other team. For the other team. <laughs> he, he he was throwing it. Th- he's throwing it twenty three percent of the time on 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 Saturday. Which is a lot. I mean, that's that's all you twenty three percent of the time is all you need to mix it up. Yeah, and and he had he had forty two fastballs, thirty eight knuckle curveballs, and the slider mixed in. Like that's just that's the Corbin plan. That's that's the plan. If you were going to be a two pitch pitcher, theoretically, I mean, the slider and curveball are obviously different pitches, but they're both semi-ish kind of the same. Sure, sure. Um, so if you're going to be a two-pitch pitcher without a changeup or a splitter or whatever, like you need you need to throw it a lot. And and that's where the analytics and that's where you see guys break out is because teams will tell them, just throw it as much as possible. Like Adam Morgan this year has been so dominant because they said, hey, throw the slider as much as you can because well, it's, it's disgusting. That's what they do with Corbin too. You're right. Like that's what they do with Corbin. Just yeah. throw your slider. It's just your best pitch. Well, that makes sense, right? Yeah, absolutely. Throw the pitch that is throw your best your pitch. Best. What a crazy thought. I know. But the, but the, but the big the big part about Pavetta right now is that he's able to locate his curveball. Like it, It's always been disgusting, but he hasn't been able to locate it. Ever since he's come back, he's been able to locate it. His slider has more bite to it, and all of that leads to a fastball that's hard to square up. And if he, man, if he can locate that curve and throw it, like you said, in any count, in any situation... It's a game changer. It's a, it really is. It's a total game changer. And I thought the most impressive, um, the most impressive part of that game on Saturday, which I have watched twice, um, only twice. Yeah, I was. That is a shock. And I was expecting three or four, maybe even five well, watches only, right now. Only because I had to rewatch the second half of yesterday's game. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, the the most impressive part of that start for me was he goes down three out of Derek Dietrich, and then just blows him away with three straight, and it was just like. This is my guy. It was like such a, it was like, it was like, I felt like a dad. 
like I know you <laughs> Dad, have I'm someone who's older than you. I love it. I know you have Zoe. I know like the first time you see her walk, like probably the same thing. No, I, like you're, the first time you see Zoe walk, you're gonna start tearing up. That's oh, yeah. how that's how I felt watching Nick Pavetta on Saturday. <laughs> it was the same kind of level of emotion. It was like he really did it. You know, I was out at Tired Hands. Proud Papa, I was man. watching the last three things at Tired Hands, and it was like you know mixing the beer with the talking conversations. Just got a little emotional. <laughs> oh man, I could just see you sitting in the bar, be like. <laughs> It's my son right there. Yeah. Bringing it, man. I know. He did. It's easy breezy night. My nine. son's all grown up today, mm. folks. What a moment. What a <laughs> moment. I ah, just like, I wanted to record high hopes right then. Like I, So did apparently a lot of people. <laughs> I don't think there's any other thing that's happened this season where we got more emergency pod coming. You guys going to do an emergency pod? Emergency podcast. After just a Saturday start. The most, awesome. Listen, I t- if there's one thing. I mean, High Hopes Nation gets behind all of our movements. Like the pet, the breakout of <laughs> yes, that. Yes. Life, Liberty, and, and Mucky Moniac second half splits. Texting <laughs> people that Bryce Harper signed with the Phillies. Yes. 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 So listen. We the, have the best listeners. The, the best listeners like, in the history of the by world. By far. Yeah. I love it. So, all right. Well, let's dive into the whole weekend. And of course, I'm sure there'll be. Oh, let's talk about something else. Well, I, I, we don't have to. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just kidding. can you go 50 minutes on the. That's a stupid question. Of course you can. Let's talk about Let's, go, let's go pitch by pitch. <laughs> let's talk about. <laughs> I could really see you going bitch by bitch. Now you see on Do this you see one a here. sequence of bottom? <laughs> tunneling, man. Talk oh, well, about the tunneling off, here. First off, should have been a shutout. Let's just get that out of the way right now. I mean, the first inning was ridiculous. The stupid ass blooper. Oh my God, yeah. yeah. It, w- it was ridiculous. It was blooper. I mean, I know. But it was like, come on. Yeah. Uh, I was listening in the car at that point, and I got back for the second inning. And oh, so here's a funny story is that I was at home. I was back at Westchester mm-hmm. with Jill and her aunt and her cousin who never comes in. Like they're very, they, they, she's over in London. They live in San Francisco. They're never in. Oh, and, wow. and I, opposite sides. Right. Like, and a trip uh, for both. I had to go because I needed to be alone for the You just feel like I'm out. Yeah. I was like, I was, awesome. like I was like, with all due respect, nice seeing you. I'll Dedication. See you. I'll see you again in like three years, whatever. Uh, I need to go see Nick and see how he does. So. Okay. So shout out to Jill <laughs> for being an awesome wife. Well, she stayed and came back later. Well, I that's had my to, point. Yeah. For letting you do that, uh, Jill is an awesome wife. Yeah. Well, she knows the, she knows the important things. It's good work by her. <laughs> Gotta give her credit when due, Jack. That's what you learn. So I was listening, I was listening in my car and the blooper happened and I was like, oh, here, here we go. Classic, we go. classic Pavetta luck. <laughs> already coming up with the excuses in your head you're like oh yeah. let me see how i can spin but this. then look who battled and grinded he did grind man he really I, i'm again i'm i'm so impressed with pavetta from a mental perspective is this two straight starts or three is it three straight starts with double digit retired in a row yeah because well, the well, first he had, one he had 14 straight and then he had Dodgers 10 he must have had at least 10 i think he had 10 straight and then this one 17 <laughs> straight bro that's four outside i mean that's uh that's what two two innings and an out away from or three innings and an out away from perfect? He pitched six and a third perfect, essentially with those seventeen straight outs. Man, it just feels good to be so right. Um, <laughs> about, All right, about so like, seriously, before we get to the other games this weekend, let's let's project it moving forward. Okay, because I will try to be serious. Serious, yeah. Let, let's let's give it a shot here. Okay. I think I think you could do it. You can't do it. But let's try. All right, so we're not going to see fifteen, you know, one run. 15 strikeout, no walk type innings for the rest of the season. What is a realist? What should people realistically expect from Nick Pavetta right now? Seven innings, seven Ks, two runs. That's fair. That'd be great. Are I you mean, kidding me? Be think, the best pitcher on the team. Well, I, I just think that. Well, okay. Six innings, seven okay. Ks, two. Still good. Two or, two or three. Listen, I, I, obviously, I think he's going to allow. He's going to allow runs. I mean, all great pitchers do, especially in this day and age like with how pitching is. But it just looks like he's turned a corner from the standpoint of... Unless you're uh, Hyunjin Ryu. Right, course. he does not. <laughs> Although, Pavetta doesn't walk people either. That's a good point. Yeah. Pavetta can come up with three more above average pitches. It'll be great. Man, 
I really wanted the Phillies to get him last offseason. Dude, I mean, if you look at like the Fangraphs pitch value and stuff, he has two of the best pitches in baseball, and then his other two pitches are like top ten pitches. It's, it's like unbe- Pedro. That's Pedro. It's, yeah, it's like Pedro. It's unbelievable what that guy's. It doing is crazy. Uh, but I, th- I don't see why. Like the, when you're watching Pavetta right now, he's like a. He's in such a zone where I think he feels so comfortable. He feels confident. He's feeling a little bit of cockiness. Um, he's getting the ball and going. And there was a moment where oh, he had Votto struck out. Like it was a it was a fastball right on the inside corner. Oh, that was it was a definitely whole, a strike. It was a strike. Absolutely and a strike. You know, old Pavetta is like flipping out, like strangling the umpire potentially in that moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he got what he's doing. What I've noticed is when he's frustrated, he like just snaps. Like he just snaps the ball, and they can tell he's mad, but like he's taking the anger out Good. on the ball. He's finding ways to deal with these yeah. things rather than you know sucking that as is, a result. That is something. how big you think Real Muto is in that. I think Real Muto helps a lot because Real Muto. I haven't seen Pavetta shake him off unless unless Real Muto's calling for a shake off, which sometimes catchers do because they want to get in the hitter's head and think that you're shaking to another pitch. Um, he he hasn't really shook him off. He's just going like he's just taking it, trusting Real Muto, and it's about time. Yeah. Like, like yeah. it's about time. These like Vinny's doing the same get thing. The best catcher in baseball at this. Like let him do what he's great at. And uh, Vinny's doing the same thing. I mean, Vinny's been good out of the bullpen the last couple of games. Um, and and it's all because I think that they are just like hey. Real Muto puts in literally three to four hours of work a day on this. Like, <laughs> trust him. Just trust the guy. And he's clearly good at it. Like, hey, a man knows what he's doing. Yeah. So I, I think Pavetta will be able to give them at least a quality start every more at, often than not. Yeah, but why not? Like, why not at this point? Like, what? I, there's nothing you can see right now that's like he's going to start imploding. Well, you hope not. I mean, that's the thing. We've seen Pavetta have some good stretches before, but. It does seem like he's potentially turned a corner here. Well, and there's but there's a there's a fine path to his success. Like um, where Vinny, he was early in the season, his was completely reliant on mechanics. But then his mechanics started to falter, and it was like, oh, so he's just going to be back to being Vinny. With Pavetta, the mechanics are always the same. Now he has a defined path of throw a lot more curveballs, a lot more sliders, and a lot more fastballs. A blueprint, essentially. Yeah, he's a blueprint and a, and a, and a plan for success. And if, as long as he follows that, I don't see why it, it can't be solid every single time out there with the potential for even more. All right, we just tacked on another six minutes of Pavetta talk after I said we were going to move on. Okay. Good? Can we move sure. on? Sure. Yeah? We'll come back. Okay. We'll make sure to, like, every once in a while just come back and mention more Pavetta. And mention that Cody Ballinger has yeah. gone in the tank. Okay, serious question for you. Before we get to Eflin being back on Friday, very happy about that. I'm Very serious question. When are they building a statue of Jay Bruce outside Citizen Bank Park? I mean, they built. What's taking so long? They built Foles a statue for less, so I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Bruce, man. Jay Bruce entering into yesterday's game had eleven RBIs as the Philly. Jo- Joey Votto had twelve on the year. Eleven RBI, right? Right. Joey Votto had <laughs> had twelve RBI on the RSBI year. RBI, I'm good with. You can go RBI. <laughs> it sounds I'm so totally dumb, though. I know. It sounds dumb. That's why it's RBI. No, but RBI sounds better. It just it just flows better. I can't do this fight right now. I don't care if you can't do it. It's not, which sounds better, <laughs> saying seven RBI or seven RBIs? RBI. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. It, to and, who? And, and on top of that, to it who? writes better. It sounds better. It's just better. It does not sound better. You it's know, correct. It, you're lying. It's correct. Oh, it's you not, you mess up every single player's is. name, and now you're going to call for the correct police. <laughs> Let's relax over that. I'm not surprised you're seeing RBI correct. All right, so uh, twelve RBI for Jay Bruce. <laughs> no, 11, eleven RBI, twelve for Joey Votto. Of course, after tweeted that Joey Votto had the two runs. People got in on it. It was like, oh one. my god, come on! I already brought back Nick Pavetta from the dead and got his price Harper. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give me a break? <laughs> Never tweet again, Jack. Yeah, Never well, tweet again. So Jay Bruce. And I love the Elevate and Celebrate movement. I love the new nickname, Jay Bruce. 
Um, Jay Bruth. <laughs> Jay Babe Ruth. Yes. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Um, elevate and celebrate. And he is like, he is what I want to see out of like Bryce in a way. Like just trying to launch everything. Sure, I'd like that Bryce is, is hitting over 300 and whatever. Um, but like, <laughs> I want to see more homers. And I just want to see, like, like Jay Bruce is the launch angle movement. Like that's that is what he is. Like right now, he's just trying to lift everything. And it's working. Like he, he is almost at the point where he's just picking one pitch, one spot, and just trying Lifting to do it. damage on it. He knows where his strength is, and he is looking for a pitch in that zone where he can do damage. And he is. And he, uh, taking it the opposite way, he's doing whatever he needs to do. I, it's unbelievable. Like, Again, you can't predict injury and all that, and and but for for Klentak to go out and trade for this guy right before Andrew McCutcheon gets hurt, yeah, it's really crazy. They really lucked out with this move. Well, and I think I think it's a testament to, and I I this is my belief and this is my hope that the, the analytics department had seen his hard hit rates, had seen his barrel percentage, had seen that he was starting to get a little hot for the Mariners, and we're like, hey. The Mariners Let's aren't take gonna, advantage of this. Yeah, yep. the Mariners aren't going to keep this guy. Well, the Mariners are open for business, as they've told everybody, so it right. makes sense. So it could have been an, an undervalued... You know he's got a relationship with DePoto after the Segura trade and all that. Right, so and I I hope that it was it was the Phillies analytics department looking at these these numbers and the hard hit percentages. And boy, like another win for the hard hit percentage. Like When they made the trade, it was a lot of batting average talk. Of course. But like, That's what this, people talk about. Right, but this is, this is the importance of looking at hard hit percentage and barrel percentage, because the the more often the more often that you're able to barrel up a baseball, the more often you're going to be able to do damage on the baseball. So, sure, his batting average is low, but if you can see how he was doing in the advanced and in the in the in his peripherals, that's a guy you want to pounce on. And they did pounce on him at the right time, and now he's in a much better lineup where he doesn't have to do like he has Kingery behind him, he has Real Muto in front of him, Hoskins in front of him, well, Segura now. Well, no, it is still Hoskins, Segura, Harper. Like it's just a way more balanced lineup, and and and. To find a guy that is squaring up the baseball as consistently as he is, like that's a win for analytics. It is a win for analytics, and it's a win for the Phillies right now. It's really exciting, and he's already played a uh, so-so left field. Yeah, well, he, not not nice not good enough for a defensive replacement yesterday. I had a problem with that. We'll get to that. That let let's stick with Friday for a sec. Uh, Eflin back. I thought first start off the deal looked or the aisle. Look pretty darn Please, good. Please, it's 2019. I know. You can't I say deal. I fixed it, all right? <laughs> I fixed it, Jack. Uh, Leave me alone. Um, yeah, the fastball looked more crisp. It looked like he was able to locate it. Um, before he got hurt, his fastball location was just off. And what made Eflin so good the first two months of the season was that he's putting his fastball up in the zone wherever he wanted. And before he got hurt, the Brewers start was just leaving that over the middle of the plate. It was getting smoked. And same thing happened before he went on the, went on the IL. Now he's back. His fastball looked a little bit more crisp. I think he got better as the game went on. But that's what that's Eflin, man. That's Eflin. Six innings, F. six, seven innings, three runs or less. Quality start F. Two eight eighty RA at the moment. I love F. I do too. I, I he, and he works fast. He, dude, I love these fast guys. Just please give me quick games. That's the one thing that I think is being a little bit underrated with the pace of play is that like so. Not everyone in the big leagues is coming up through this system that is right now happening in the minor leagues. In the minor leagues, all these guys are pitching on a pitch clock, so they have to work fast. So, like, I just think that it's it's going to fix itself in due yeah, time. Yeah, we've talked about that, and I agree with you. I think it, when you get them in, and, and that's the way they learn to pitch or, or are forced to learn to pitch in the minors, they're, they're obviously going to carry that up to the majors. So I, I think right. that does make a big difference. All right, anything else from Friday? Obviously, we talked Jay Bruce. Anything else specific from Friday? It was a nice victory. It was a nice win. They get down early. one Got down one nothing actually, in all three games. Obviously fought back in two of them. Took the lead in the third game, but ultimately, obviously, ended up losing. Oh, by the way, we're, we're 19 minutes into the podcast. 
Hashtag two or three. Two or three. That's what we do. That's all we ask for. Two or three, baby. Two or three. Vince Vince pitched pitched pretty well. Pitched well. Um, He he took down. (laughs) No doubt Naris, of course. God. Talk about so the, Philly, the Phillies have only blown six leads this year or six six saves six saves this year. And Nares has only blown one uh, and, and none in the ninth. I and none in the ninth. He's thirteen for thir- or four, thirteen for thirteen. No, no, 14, he's fourteen, 14, 14, 14, 14 this year. 14. He hasn't yeah, because he got the Saturday one. He's fourteen for fourteen. Yep. Now, the, the only blemish was the Dodgers game, which, which was, was a tie, a tie game. game exactly. So only six, only seven other teams have fewer blown saves than the Phillies. Wow, they're doing all this without Craig Kimbrell. Crazy, I didn't think that was possible. <laughs> um, but yeah, shout out to Naris, man. If this bullpen doesn't have Hector, Hector Naris right now, they are so beyond screwed. He's the only guy you count on. He's the only guy who comes. And look, Vinny's improving, and, and obviously, well, let's not get ahead of. I, I agree with you, but Hector yes. Naris is the only guy who comes in that you feel like, okay, I feel good with this guy in. Adam Morgan's on the IL. Obviously, Robertson, we barely even got to know. Nishek's on the... All the guys we wanted to count on or have count on are not here right now. Yeah, it's only Naris. It's only Naris, and he has stepped up. Big if he, time, if he's not, If he's not stepping up, then this team is in Hector way... Naris is an all-star right now. He's their only all-star. He's their all-star. Well, ooh. Let's talk about that later. That's an interesting thought, actually, when you really think... It is kind of amazing where they're at right now. When you look down the roster, like, we all felt Hoskins was going to be an all-star. Now he's at a month of just ice-cold play. Um, Cesar? Not anymore. Not anymore. I mean, Cesar's been ice cold too for the last 20 games or Segura's so. Segura's playing well, but not well enough being an all-star. Probably not, but he's close, the, I would say. The best eight-hole hitter in baseball, probably not an all-star. <laughs> you think? I'm not sure about that one. I think he's on the cusp, Jack. JT, I mean, I would love to put JT in there, and I love what he's done here, but Grant Dawson better and Contreras yeah. has been better. Absolutely, yeah. I, well, Harper, I, no. I mean, probably not. He might no, get in because no, he's Harper. Thing, people will get voted. There's a chance that some Phillies get voted into the game, but in terms of who deserves to be an All-Star, wow. Jack, I did not put that together at all. Hector, Hector the Protector. Oh, my God. If I had told you on June 10th, you and I would be talking and we would come to the conclusion together that Hector Neris was the Phillies' only all-star at that point in the season, how many games under 500 would you thought they were? Right? They're in first place. Yeah. I would think if everyone died. Like, That's uh, what I mean. <laughs> like, I feel like, what could possibly happen to this roster? Now, I am one good pivot to start away from starting that campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, Eflin is like, theoretically, if he, if he has a nice so. month and a half, 2880 RAs, he's possible possible i mean but it's man. hector wow it's crazy hector. that's it, really crazy i know uh so like it's crazy when you think about holistically like where the phillies yes. are just thinking about like the fact that they're in first place is a miracle i mean you have the injuries you have a depleted bullpen you have a starting staff that you don't you don't know what you're getting on most nights and even offense that has just been underperformed very, massively i mean you could say that especially after that first week of the season what we expected it's not been great offensively for this team. They've been middle of the pack. Yes. It's, that's, a, that's a fair way to put it. I, it's, like, I'm not trying to rip the Phillies or be hot takey. Look, but they're, 30, they're 37 and 28. I'm, I'm not complaining right now, but the offense has not been great. And here's the thing. is There's there's a lot to, of room to improve here. Like for, for, for a team, I'm glad. Listen, the fact that they're almost playing, not playing their worst, but they're at their worst full roster construction-wise, and they're still 37-28 and 28, given the offensive numbers, given the bullpen. Like, if they get the bullpen guys back, that could really, really help a lot. And then, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that helps. I think so. That jumps this team another level if you get Pavetta. But it, it comes. But that's not even including what trades they are definitely going to make, whether Band-Aid trades or guys who have multiple years or whatever. They will make moves. But this team was built for this offense to rake. And they're just not doing it right now. Like, they're 24th in home runs. They have 76 homers. 
That is crazy. They can't hit home runs. In their ballpark, too. It's really crazy. It's unbelievable. When you look at how this team's constructed, you would have thought that would have been one one of the few things you could count on. 18th in slugging percentage. Well, the fact that Jay Bruce is like the only guy on the team with over 15 home runs is pretty crazy what as if well. he, What if he catches Bryson and, and Hoskins soon? What if Bruce does? <laughs> yeah, like total for Philly's home runs. He's, oh, you're talking with the team? Yeah, yeah. I was like, wait a minute. He's already passed I know right? he has. Yeah. Uh, look, he's got what? That'd four, be scary. Uh, yeah, it'd be pretty crazy. <laughs> they're nineteenth in Woba. That's and, not good. And they're eighteenth in weighted, weighted on base average. Is weighted, what that is. Yeah, and they're eighteenth in weighted runs created plus, and uh, which is ninety three, so, which is so seven points below. They're, they're below average right yes. now. I mean, they're, they're, so hundred. So in weighted runs created plus, one hundred is the is the major league average. They are ninety three right now. Wow. Which is which is seven below league average. Obviously. Wow. Yeah, it's brutal. And I think the most damning one is that they are they are they are first in baseball. They're leading baseball in ground ball pulled ground ball percentage. <laughs> really? Twenty two percent of their batted balls right now are pulled ground balls, which are always out. Was that just Mike Franco or the whole team? He's definitely <laughs> contributing a lot, a lot to that stat. But Pull, like pulled ground it's balls are are dreadful. It's a lock to be a, an uh, an out unless yeah no that's it they're always an out they're always an on out. both sides of the plate it's always an out. So I really I really do think that the Phillies have a lot of room for growth. They have a little room for growth, but I also think they have an approach problem. Like the Phillies right now are seeing they're seeing a lot of pitches per plate appearances, but they're not they're not doing damage on those pitches. So the the theory in process works well. Like see a lot of pitches so that you know you can capitalize on mistakes, right? Right. Like, and to wear down pitchers and to get to the bullpen and all that stuff. Which is fine. But they're just not making pitchers pay once they go deep into counts. Like they're more looking for a walk rather than looking to do damage. Like mainly always talks about trying to slug, but they're not slugging. Like, they're not slugging at all. They have tw- they have seventy six home runs with Hoskins, Harper, Real Muto. Like they have they McCutcheon have, for a while, the majority of the season. Now they have Bruce which will help, but like it's not good, and when you look at teams right now, so like the uh, the Rays see a lot of pitches, the Yankees see a lot of pitches, uh, and someone else's oh the Brewers see a lot of pitches, um, and, oh the Dodgers sorry, so the Dodgers, Brewers, Yankees, Rays are all up in there in the in the top of baseball and seeing the most pitches. All along with, very analytically inclined organizations, right. and they're all all with the Phillies on that. But mm-hmm. the difference is is that those guys and those teams do damage on the mistakes they're made. Like, remember that Dodgers series? Well, we talked about it, how you, you your theory was basically they're just looking for a particular pitch and mashing it. And that's what I think all those teams are doing, whereas the Phillies, it's like a freaking blooper is how they're scoring runs at this point. So is this John Maley? I don't know what it is, but my other point, my other point, whereas I think they have an approach problem, is that it's, it's either one or the other. So it's either that level extreme where they're seeing all these pitches for plate appearances, or it's the bottom of the list. So you have the Twins and the Astros are the teams that see the least amount of pitches in baseball, mm. and they're both all, yeah, they're, they're both, both amazing. They're both also mashing, yes. but their philosophy is we're going to do damage early in counts because they're going to make mistakes earlier or whatever. We're just going to jump on them as fast as possible. Just see a pitch you like and hit it is, right. the, is the idea. But the Phillies are doing neither. The Phillies are seeing p- pitches, but they're not they're not attacking those mistakes. So it's like it's like they're a team caught in limbo of what they want to do. Like it's it just boggles my mind. It's like they have it's like they don't go up there with a, a plan of what they want to do. It's like they, it's like they're not being implemented with where this this is where this guy misses. This is what you have to jump on. It's like hey, feel it out while you're up there. Well, I think that has to come back to mainly then. Like I, I know it's organizational and all that, but 
Why have a hitting coach then? I mean, why like why have that guy as a hitting coach if if it's an approach problem, right? I just feel, that's I don't like I well, none of us really know what Maley does. Well, that's the problem, right? We don't know what hitting coaches do. But the numbers are pretty damning. They've been I mean this this has been an inconsistent offense the last two years. No question. Maley's been fired four times. <laughs> like like I don't know. Hmm. I don't want to call for the guy's job, but just. Just bring in smart people. Like, Ochart's already here. Ochart and all the driveline guys, very smart. I'm glad they're here. And I know there's a lot of people that are like, hey, well, let's just make Ochart the hitting coach. That would also take away from your player development, which you're just starting to build up and hopefully build up the correct way. So you'd rather have Ochart and his crew kind of just just get their hands on the minor league hitters and make sure their approach is right before getting to the big leagues. So you don't want to, like, screw up that process in a way. So... I don't know. It's it's a little frustrating, and I just I just want them to be. I want them to have a a defined plan of attack. Seeing pitches is not just a. a it's not just a plan. No, that in and of to, itself is not enough. You have to see pitches and also diagnose pitches that you can absolutely crush. And know what you're looking at. Know what pitchers throw. Know tendencies. Like all that type of stuff. Yeah, and I just I I don't I don't see it. I don't see it. It's Do you see great. it? No, definitely not. I I agree with everything you're saying, and I look at a guy like. Doug Lotta, you know Doug Lotta's? No. We talk a lot about how, wow, all of a sudden Hunter Pence, he's back. Like, how did that happen? Doug Lotta. Doug Lotta, also the guy who turned Justin Turner's career around. Like, where are these guys? And I know they have O-Chart, but like, get these guys in here. Get these people who are making a difference. Like this Dodgers hitting coach, the guy who never played baseball before above the junior college level. And the Dodgers are one of the best hitting teams in baseball. And like you said, they have an approach. They have a plan. They, they do things the right way. Like, I don't care if the guy played in the majors. I don't care what his name is. Just get someone in here who can be successful. I, I like. I'm with you, man. Like this is a real issue. This offense is underperforming compared to what we expect. And again, look, they're 37 and 28. They're in first place. It's not panic time, but they're underachieving. Yeah, and they've been underachieving. I mean, even going back to last year, they didn't have this level of talent, but it's still the same exact at bats. Like it's it's for two years, it's been the same kind of at bats, and they go into these swoons where they can't seem to get out of it. They they go as soon as they face one like like the frustrating part is you know when they go and face a guy like Rich Hill, it's like he's gonna dominate him. Yeah, like he's like like those kind of guys that just you should net with the amount of talent that this team has. They should not be having the offensive struggles they have right now. They should not be 18th in 18th or 19th in slugging percentage. We talked like, about them having the best lineup in the National League, Jack. Joe DeCamera and John Ritchie said they were basically the 27 Yankees reincarnated. <laughs> Joe, Joe DeCamera said it was one of the great Philadelphia teams he's ever seen after the first week of the season. <laughs> like it was, it was out of control, and I just don't. And it might I, have been an overreaction, but you know, looking at it now, <laughs> looking at it now. <laughs> listen, I don't, I don't want Maylee messing up Bruce. Okay, don't mess up our hero. I don't want Maylee messing up any. <laughs> I, I, like I'm, I, I'm with you here. Look, I think, and again, you don't always see those types of changes in season. It does seem that Gabe is very loyal to his guys, but I think at a certain point, if these struggles continue, they're going to have to look at someone. And John Maley is the obvious person you look at there. Like you know, I mean, yeah. someone has to be responsible at some point. And on the flip side, I actually think that we haven't. And I know this kind of goes in contradiction because Gabe is ultimately overseeing that as well, but. I don't think we've given Gabe enough credit for what he's been able to do with losing seven guys in the pen and with a starting pitching group that has not given you anything you can count on from a night-to-night basis. With an offense that's incredibly underperforming, the fact that they're 37-28, and 28, 
I think reflects incredibly well on Gabe Kapler and the job he's done this year. Yeah, and you hope it's Gabe. You hope it's the clubhouse culture he has kind of uh, fostered. Yeah, like you hope it's it's culture related. I mean, they haven't really gone into a swoon. Like they lost those those five straight, um, and then they bounce back after losing Andrew McCutcheon, their leader. Like we talked about, they won four straight. It's impressive. I know. And I love that Gabe Gabe said that his favorite part of the job was figuring out the bullpen. Like he just loves like the idea of how to match up and he's done a great job with it. Like if you want to rip Gabe for something, it can't be that this year. And look, there have been times where I know a lot of people thought pulling Pavetta in Los Angeles was a mistake. We didn't. Mm, yeah. There are other spots, I'm sure we'll talk about the Nola thing coming up where people have had issues with Pitchers getting pulled a little too early. Well, but. I mean, it's really his main problem has been Nola this year. Like, and that's it. Like, yeah. the, remember the Colorado start? He pulled him. Sure. Or he left him out there. Left him out there too long. Yeah. Yes. And then there was another start where they, people felt like he pulled he, Nola He pulled him too early. And then, yeah. yeah. So, But I, other than that, I mean, in terms of the matchups in the pen, considering the masculinity he's had out there, I can't really think of examples where... You know, other than maybe leaving Sir Anthony in an extra inning too long, we've talked about that. But for but the then most he to, part, he's done a really good job managing it. What he always has to factor in is we don't know who's available and who's not available. Well, that's what that came into that situation too with Nishak and all that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, so given who he knows is available, who he's not does who he doesn't know is available. I think Gabe's done a really, really good job. I, like to 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 work with the talent that he has out there. He's not like it's not the, it's not Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone can fall asleep for 6 innings and just and, and just, does. It, it's funny cuz every single Yankees fan I know and sadly I know way too many, they all think Aaron Boone sucks. That team is finding a way to win with like a mash unit and they're all like it has nothing to do with Aaron Boone. You don't understand. Like he's not doing anything. It's unbelievable. I was like, you got to give them a little credit, right? They're yeah. like, no, he sucks. Like, that is the definitive. Every single Yankee fan I know, it's crazy. I mean, like, they, they can roll out Adam Adovino, Zach Britton. Gio Urshela playing third base. They uh, got, like, all the, you know, I mean, a mash unit. Luke Voigt's a star all of a sudden. I know. I know. And, and, like, and Boone can basically just roll out of bed and say, oh, you want Odovino for two? Fine, sure. here. He can be close his eyes and be like, oh, which bullpen pitcher are you going to go with? Oh, okay, you're awesome. You yeah. go out there. It's crazy. I wish I could have Aaron Boone's job. Yeah, me I'm, too. And that's without Dylan Batantas. I'm 100% table. sure I could do Aaron Boone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but think about Gabe. Gabe's given Jose freaking Alvarez. And and, and Juan Nicasio and J.D. Hammer and Edgar Garcia and yeah. like uh, Yaxel Rios. Thank God he's gone. Thank God. <laughs> but Edderbrise back, so it doesn't really matter, does yeah, it? It's like a, it's just like a one like for he's another. The, like here's, the, here's the problem with the whole Gabe discussion is that he has nothing out there. Nothing. He has inconsistent starters and an inconsistent offense. It's like they're Gabe, Gabe Kapler is such a non-issue on this team. I, he's like forty seventh on the like list. It just, of it just doesn't. What the manager's doing does not matter right now. It is crazy. I thought the decision to pull Noli yesterday was, I was about wrong. To say, let's argue about that a little bit because I thought it was the right move. He felt cooked in the moment to me. Well, uh, I was I rewatched today because I realized it turned into a whole Gabe Kapler discussion. So I had to defend defend, defend the shield, Gabe. defend be, the shield. Got to be there. But I got to be honest, like he he was he looked really good in the sixth. I thought he was cruising. I thought I thought four through six he was starting to get into those Aaron Nola like middle of game rhythms, like we saw last year, mm-hmm. like where it was like almost like you don't even have to watch. Like you just be like, oh, there's three outs. Like mm-hmm. whatever, this sure. is this is cake. And then the seventh inning happened. He got two quick outs, two very quick outs, and then the ball down on third base to Mike Alfranco, uh, re- a normal first baseman probably picks that ball. Probably pick. It was a great play by Franco to almost make. The yeah, play it, w- it was great. And, and then the the real Muto thing happened where it bounced off his with bounced off his wrist, which it looked like I'm it sure hurt it, like I mean, it hell. It squared him up. Like it, it looked like it hurt. It bad, absolutely man. squared him up. Yeah. And then obviously he pulled him after four. Sh- uh, he threw four straight balls. And in that situation, it comes down to this: like I would rather Nola face Winker versus. Alvarez and you know he's going to 
bring in Nick Senzel. I don't trust better hitter than Winker, and I don't no question. I don't trust Alvarez against righties just yet. Like I think I'm I'm at the point where I trust Jose Alvarez a little bit, a little bit, but I don't trust him so much against righties. And plus, you know, you have Joey Votto coming up next. If Nola can't get out Winker, then I just think you can bring in Alvarez for Joey Votto. He's not going to pinch it out Joey Votto. And that's a, that's a that's a fair argument. Again, I wasn't I wasn't super strong either way if he had left Nolan I wouldn't have killed him for it but I was okay with him taking Nolan they did have a two run lead though like I kind of just trust him yeah um and I thought I thought Nola was really really good yesterday uh obviously seventh inning notwithstanding but the fastball location looked like it was back a little bit he still doesn't have the same level of depth last year or at on his fastball like it was last year like last year was running tailing and also diving it was man and this year it's kind of just tailing um which is tail and dive was Nasty. Like that, I keep thinking about that Boston start and just uh, the yeah. oh, What a beautiful start that <laughs> Give was. Give me that guy. I want that guy. <laughs> the, the, yeah, if you can get Nola back to that, that's great. Um, it's I just I think we're gonna see signs of that guy this year, but I just don't think it's gonna happen every single start. But I thought that was he's a really only twenty four years old, and he had a, a what a, a he's still only twenty four or twenty five, whatever he is. But still, he had a he was the third he was third inside Young last year, like. And he pitched an all-time career high in innings, all that type of stuff. Like it wouldn't be crazy for him to rev- have a season where he takes a step back and then come back next year and and be back to being the guy we we hoped he would be this. Year. And also, no one's consistent in baseball anymore. Like no pitcher this year has been like well, is, other than Ryu. Ryu Castillo has been pretty good every every start, but Verlander like, still was <sighs> awesome, unbelievable. Roger Clemens two point best slider in baseball by a mile. He's just according to the numbers. He's just unbelievable. He really is. I love, I love, I love him and Granky right now. Like two old guys that are still just getting it done. Luckily, and we'll get to the Diamondback series coming up. The Phillies miss Granky and Robbie Ray. Yeah, well, Robbie, like the only two Diamondback pitchers you don't want to face. Well, speaking of Robbie Ray, uh, he's I been mean, great. I mean, I've been very anti-Robbie Ray. He's been really good. And he only had one walk his last two starts. Yeah, he had one the walk yesterday. Are there yeah. ERA in the mid threes. What I didn't realize, I actually went back and looked at Robbie Ray, and he was better last year than I gave him credit for too. He really sucked to start the season. And I didn't realize how much he pulled it together at the end of the season. You look at the final numbers last year, he was pretty good again last year. So there there, there are starters out there that can help this year, but also help in the in the future. And that's kind of the key of what you're looking for. Right. And We'll, um, we'll get to someone who doesn't. I think we got to do a little Mad Bum talk at some point. <laughs> yeah. He's, All right, but real quick, before we get on this, because it's been the, 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 the topic du jour for many people. What? In Philadelphia, WIP, hustling. <laughs> thoughts, thoughts, Reese? It drives me freaking crazy, Heartburn? man. Um, I, I just, I hate the hustling conversation. Like, it's just so frustrating. Like, just watch the sport and and don't get in your try hard ways. No one likes to try hard. Brand Nimmo, that's why he's the worst. No, it's just like the hustling thing is just such a non. It just doesn't matter. Well, it's just so funny because I had a we had a guy called the midday show today, and he brought up your favorite. He goes. Derek Jeter, not a single play. Did that guy not hustle, not run his hardest, make plays? No, this is what he did. Literally, as this guy's talking, I Googled Derek Jeter lack of hustling. And in two seconds, I pull up an article from 2014 where he watched a ball that he thought was a home run, ended up bouncing off the top of the wall, and he got thrown out at second because he wasn't hustling. I was like, every player in baseball does it. And Derek Jeter never won an MVP. Ever in the history of his career that is so <laughs> illustrious. It's one of those things where, yes, in a perfect world, you're getting. You paid, wish a guy was Utley. Of course, you're getting paid millions of dollars. I get that argument. Like I get it. Trust me. If I get paid millions of dollars and you said all you got to do is run four times a game, I'd run four times a game. I assume, but 
This is just not the world we live in. They play 162 games. They play 30 days in a row at times. All that type of stuff. Like, it is what it is. And they've all seen the play being made against them a thousand times. Uh, 999 times out of a thousand. If you had a ball back to the pitcher, you're going to get thrown out by 50 feet no matter how far you run. Like, how fast you run. Hoskins should have been on second base. But, like, there was so much chaos in that situation to where it's like kind of just... I don't know. It's a bit of a brain lapse. He's but mad at himself. He had the bases loaded. He's like, I want to do something here. And he pops up and you're like, crap. Like, that was a pitch I thought I was going to murder and I messed it up. Like, and he's not, like, it happens. It's human. It is human. Uh, and I would like to see him on second base. Uh, but, like, I I don't know. And, and the whole Bryce thing with him trying to steal home, like, is that, is that really why they lost? No, some did people, people say that because it was a one-run game? Really? No, there's a two-run game at that point. No, I'm saying because it ended up being a one-run oh, game. Oh yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's pe- really. Yeah, and I'm just like, look, I thought it was too aggressive. I, I don't, I didn't love that he saw him in there, but like, Bryce Harper is an aggressive baseball player. He's an aggressive runner. Like, how many times have we seen this guy take the extra base, score at home on a play where most people won't? Like, I'd rather have the. 50 times he gets me an extra run because of that or whatever it is, you know, like then the then the couple times where he gets thrown out trying to be too aggressive. You can't you can't have it both ways. He's either aggressive or he's not. And it, it did suck he took the bat out of Reese's hands, but also Reese has to start driving in some runs again. I mean, Reese it, has been ice cold, man. Reese has two homers in his last 29 games. Yeah, that's not. I mean, now they we were back to back games against the Brewers. He's going to hit like 10 and 14. That's what he and does. That's what he does. But he's been ice cold. He's man. been ice cold. Uh, so I understand why he did in that situation. I, I'm sure Reese was like, yo, dude, like, come on, man. I, I know I'm struggling, but I'm sure Reese was like, trust me a little well, bit. And here's, and not even just that, the other issue is with two strikes. Like, what what are you doing? Well, I guess you think he, there's a higher chance you're getting a curveball there. It could have gotten away. Theoretically, but at the same time, like, if it's two strikes, like, you're taking the bat out of Hoskins' hands. If it's a strike down the middle of the plate, like, he can't swing with you or running else he's home gonna like kill that. You. He's yeah. going to kill you. Like, you're making it so that if it's a strike, he can't defend himself and the as other a batter. Thing, the other thing is, you have to realize that if Sonny Gray sees you breaking, he's going to go quicker to the plate. Of course. Like, Sonny Gray was being slow to the plate. I get it, but he's going to yes. speed up in that scenario. Of course he is. He's, you're, especially, you're right there. Like, he's a regular pitcher. You know what I mean? Like, he's looking at you. If it's a lefty pitcher maybe going slow you can get a an extra little bit of break well, that's but, what he did against Cole in 2012 right and that that I get that makes more sense so again I'm not going to kill him I'd rather he be aggressive than not aggressive but well I mean we're talking about hustling like I'll take that you know that, oh, that guy does his hustle like but still the hustling thing <laughs> drives me crazy we had to get it in there like who cares man it's, um, such, a, it's such a non-issue we forgot to mention something that that we do care about and that just sucks Adam Hazley man yeah what a Bummer. We're all jacked up. The game-winning double against the Padres started the rally with the walk. Like we're like, yeah, man. Adam Hayes, let's go. I know. He's on the IL. Yeah, and, and, and it's annoying too because you see the tweets. It's like he's got like a bad hip. I'm like, what is he? 95 years old? Like, what is this? He's got a bad hip. He's got a hip flexor problem. And Gabe was like, yeah, we just need him to be a little bit more honest about how he's feeling because like we can actually take care of him. So I, that that was my sense of him being like he's trying to play hurt, and it was. Ipso facto, kind of hurting the team, yeah, and he sure. was like, "I understand he's a young player and whatnot, but you have to be forthright in your injuries." Um, but yeah, it's not. It stinks. I mean, now Kingery has to play center all the time, which we just need to see Michael or or Michael, like Can Mike we Schmidt. Start calling him Michael. I want to start calling him Michael. Well, Mike Schmidt calls him Michael, and it drives me crazy. Every I don't blame you. Well, Schmidt, Schmidt does a lot of things. Like, come in the on, booth that I might not love. It's not that, much. that hard. It's not that hard. Um, but it just it. 
I hope he comes back soon. I want to see what he can do. It makes so much more sense for the future of this team. And uh, yeah, it, it was it, it sucked to hear. I mean, this team's dropping like flies. I don't want them to turn into the Mets right in front of our eyes. Yeah, or the but Yankees, <laughs> except they keep winning games. Yeah, well, that, we, I'll, I'll take the Yankees. Me too. I'll take that death. I'll be okay with that. But I don't want to be the Mets. That's how you build a team. Yes. It's what the Dodgers do. It's what the Yankees do. It's smart. It's smart. Yes. The Phillies are not there yet, but it seems like they are slowly starting to build a base of major league caliber players, while they may not be... Superstars, which is what we always talk about. They have a quantity over quality yes, type of thing. Yes, that is their that is their system to a T. Meanwhile, the Astros can bring up Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, and and Kyle Tucker's just waiting. Like it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like either of those guys, if the Phillies brought them up, would be like a, a major force for this team. They'd be batting yeah. in the middle of the order. It's crazy. You're you're now rested like a twelve hundred plus OPS in the minors this year. Yes. Yes. And we do, now I will say we, we did bring in Josh Bonifay, who is from the Astros system, uh, to, to help build our player development. Good. So bring smart. In, bring in smart guys Can and let them figure it out. Having the best lineup in baseball and then bringing up Jordan Alvarez. And, and, and also having a pitching staff where <laughs> Garrett Cole gets 14Ks, Verlander. They also have the best pitching prospect in the minors. Forcefully. Just yeah. hanging out. Like, yeah, just chilling. And again, Kyle Tucker. That's a guy who's going to have 40 home runs in the majors someday. Just whenever, he'll get there. It's crazy. It's frustrating is what it is, Jack. <laughs> I get frustrated about these things. I do too. I, it, I want to argue you're done, Alvarez. It really keeps me up at night. Like I, I just, I want to have... I texted you. I was so mad. I was like, I'm watching the Astros. I'm like, how do the Astros just have this guy? The freaking Astros who just won the World Series have an all-time great offense that's doing all-time great offense type things. Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, all this stuff. And then there's like, oh yeah, we're just bringing up... We don't have to trade for anybody because we have superstars ready to go coming up in the minors. You know what's important? Developing your players. It is. And, it's a great point. And Jack. having a dominant player development staff. I think the Phillies are start. I think they're starting to build it. But I think they were so far. Again, Ruben Amaro, and I know people are really on this relitigating the Ruben Amaro era. The guy made decent trades by the end, but that guy left us with absolutely nothing when it comes to player development. Exactly. When it comes to when it comes to analytics and, and enforcing technology. Like the Astros have been doing this since 2012. Mm-hmm. Like the Astros have been doing this tw- since 2012. Friedman had been doing this since like 08 with the Rays, brought that to the Dodgers, yep. a big market team. Yep. Uh the Yankees have been doing this since Cashman in like 02, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Like not this level, but like he's been the Phillies unfortunately like they had a lot of ground to catch up. They had a lot, of, and they've had to do it quickly, and they've had to do it almost almost overnight. I know it's been what three years of the Clintac regime. Like that's that is peanuts in 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 how long it takes to build a. He had to build it from the ground, ground up. up. Yep, the, from the ground up. So, for as frustrating as it is that they can bring up a Jordan Alvarez, like the Phillies will get there someday. All right, a uh, couple quick hitters uh, before we look at. I go to the Braves. Can I go to the Braves? I don't know. I mean, he's he's Whatever. missed a month and a half of pitching, and we saw how that hurt Arietta last year. We saw how missing a month of spring training hurt Harper this year. For $13 million, would you have signed him? Uh, I think they want to stand in the luxury tax, and I would rather bring in Mike Minor and someone else. I think sure. that helps more I, this year. I, it's fair. I would have signed him for $13 million. I was fine with that price. I think that's a fair price for Kyle Cole. Well, listen, <laughs> going over the luxury tax is not... Very clearly. It's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, I get you don't want to do it, but... I would do it. Freaking pony up, baby. It's just money. Jack um, Middleton, where you at? But also, like, you don't want to go over to year one where you don't believe in the team, so you can theoretically pay uh, more in the future. All right. Uh, where does he get hit by baseball? Uh, like in my upper rib cage. Okay, so Jack showed me this. Uh, I wonder what's worse, when my face was ripped open 
or the thing on your side? Yeah, well, the it's thing, on my, close. The thing on my side nasty. is only, listen, it's not like I got crushed by like a 90 mile an hour fastball. It's like 75, but only because I'm like, you know, pretty fat. And like, <laughs> there's no, like, I feel like it just bruises easier than if I was like stronger. It's a bruise. You it's, got a bruise. It's certainly a bruise. It didn't, yeah. didn't help that I didn't pitch that well. So like, oh, no. I got hit. I didn't pitch well. It's just a rough day for it was you. A rough, it was a bad, the Phillies lost in brutal fashion, classic. I mean, what they else, did. what else is new? Uh, it was not a great That's Sunday. That's the only way they lose, Jack. Yeah. Well, that's whatever. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this thing hurts. I haven't been hit by a pitch since I was like 13. But you know, tough times don't last, or tough times last. Tough times don't last. Tough people do. There you and go. And what I'm starting, what I'm starting to realize is that uh, for as much as I've slandered Andrew Knapp on this podcast, I'm basically Andrew Knapp at the plate. Soft contact. <laughs> oh no. Soft contact. But I work in a bat, baby. <laughs> I, I, got, I got on base twice yesterday. One of those with that uh, bruising. I had a 667 OBP. You gave up your body for it. Yeah. Much like, much like <laughs> Nappy. <laughs> oh, Andrew Knapp with that RBI. Yeah, he's got like, like what the top. He's top ten in OBP oh, for catchers. God, Andrew Knapp, love to see it. Yeah, do you? <laughs> do you really? Um, all right, any other quick hitters here? Oh yeah, you're you're like a Mr. Podcast guest. Me? You know Chase Seniors podcast, Kevin Franzen. Like you're you're go to podcast guest. Listen, What's up with that? When you when you I will take a quote with. Chase called you one of the brightest young minds in Philadelphia, <laughs> Phillies, baseball, whatever. I thought that was an exaggeration. Who else is out there? It's an exaggeration, but, you know. Who else is out there at 25 that's doing this? <laughs> not, I mean, just, just a fact. Okay. I don't want to be that guy, but oh, too let, late. Let's, let's, let's start putting some resumes too out there. Too late. Too late. Um, all right. Uh, we'll get to the, you have anything else from your bag before we look ahead and then do final thoughts? Um, Jack bag. No, my 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 one. Call it the Jack bag. My one bag is that I think Vinny's looked pretty good. I think Vinny's gonna. I think I think he's gonna step up. Like feel I, good about Vinny. I feel good about Vinny. His his slider has pretty decent bite out of the bullpen, um, and the fastball is, is being played up a little bit. And as long as Real Muto's out there, I trust him um, to work Vinny through outings. Still takes like forever to throw. Like it's crazy how long it takes Vinny Velasquez to Especially get there. Especially when you're watching Pavetta pitch the day before and he's just Eflin the day through. before. Eflin the day before. It's like. It's like, oh my God. Oh my God. Why can't you just do that? I know, it's crazy. And um, my other thing with Sir Anthony, with the UCL thing, Mm -hmm. which probably means he's done for this year, and I think it's going to be Tommy John next year. He's going to get Tommy. I mean, he's getting a second opinion. He's going to get Tommy John. The way way his mechanics work, I'm not surprised it happened. Like, he put so much strain on his elbow. One of those things where it was going to happen at some point anyway type of things. Probably, because he put so much strain because he's so torque- and then he's so torqued across the body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he opens up so violently mm-hmm. that like sometimes his arm drags behind. I'm not surprised it happened. It sucks it happened. Um, but that's that is a lot of mechanic induced problems. Yeah, that makes sense. It is a bummer, but it almost feels like that's just the way of the world. Well, it's just now you got now you got to think about: Do they go to the deadline and get a controllable reliever? Because Sir Anthony is a guy that they were relying on for the next few years. Obviously, yeah, and yeah. now they won't have him for next year probably as well. And uh, it, a lock. I mean, unless he tries to rehab it and it works out. But I mean, other than Tanaka, like I can't think of anybody else who has tried to do the rehab thing and it worked for them. Yeah, I, mean, I guess uh, Garrett Richards, and like, then he ended up having to get it. Like. Yeah. It it just doesn't work. Like get the Tommy John and move forward. Right, that's probably the best way to do it. So that that sucks for them. But they, like if they can go out and get like a Kyle Crick, like he's oh Kyle Crick, dude, I love Kyle Crick. You can get Vasquez and Crick, just go crazy. Yeah, just take the Pirates bullpen. Go wild. <laughs> go wild. Why not? Um. All right. Uh. Fi- uh, uh. Before final thoughts, anything Diamondbacks coming down a really unremarkable, unexciting team. But they do rake a little they, bit. They've been pretty good. They've been better than I expected them to be. They do luck out. They don't get Granky or Robbie Ray. You get some guy named Taylor Clark I've they never have, heard of they before. They have three rookies John on the mound. John Duplantier 
And then uh, Merrill Kelly, who's a 30-year-old rookie, so I'm not too scared of Merrill Kelly. Yeah, but he was like the one of the main trade targets in that. Uh, I think it was one. Of the, no, no, no. He was he was a guy that was brought up from Korea. Yeah. That he's he's on the uh, the Miles Nicholas kind of path. Yes. Not having the same kind of year. No. That no, Nicholas had last year. You, you, these are the guys you want to face. Yeah. I've never even heard of Taylor Clark. Do you know who Taylor no. Clark is? I I I saw it was uh it was Eichoff I versus Clark, and I'm like. I don't know who Clark is. Yeah, I don't know. I know. I usually I know these things. I didn't know the first. I knew two it was guys. John Duplantier. I knew that one. No idea who Taylor Clark. Yeah, is. didn't know that one. Um, uh, Adam Jones is back for the series. He had been out against Toronto, so uh, future get an eye on him. Get a view on him. Yeah, there's a couple of decent trade targets. Um, there's him. Uh, there's Grant. Well, obviously, okay. So that without them, it's like Archie Bradley, maybe. Even though he hasn't really been good in two he years. He's been very good this year, especially. Yeah. Even last year he wasn't that great. Um Adam Jones is the main trade target. They do have some 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 bats like Eduardo Escobar, Ketamarte, local local Ketamarte's guy. Ketamarte's been great this year. Local guy Christian Walker. Um I know all local guys. Come on. Is he a local guy? Christian yeah. Walker? I didn't know that. Kind of square. How about that? Yeah. I mean, Carson they, Kelly. Yeah, he played in the same uh, All Star thing as they got. They got uh, what's his name? CJ Cron's brother, Kevin Cron. I know. Swings just He's like him. Actually, a really good hitter. I was, it I was, seems like it could be. I was watching the, uh, Robbie Ray start yesterday, and I was like, "This is just CJ Cron." Like, it's weird. <laughs> it's so weird. They swing yeah. exactly the same. Yeah. So, um, two or three. Two or three. All right. It's yeah. all. I mean, we, we won't call for a sweep, but give me two or three. Hashtag two or three. We, the Phillies can't sweep anyway. So. And then, of course, this weekend. Mm. Braves measuring stick in Atlanta. Twenty-seven straight against divisional opponents. Heading into the it's either twenty-six or twenty-seven, something like that. They basically uh, through the All Star break, it's just NL East opponents left. Make or break, big time. Make it's or break, big, time. yeah, it really is. Um, all right, final thoughts. Final thoughts is that Cesar Hernandez has the single most depressing uh, walk up song in the history of walk up songs. <laughs> yeah, you texted me about Dude, this. Dude, it is so depressing. <laughs> it is like it is like a sad Spanish like love song, <laughs> oh. and like it's just. Who would get psyched to hit? Who's ready to hit? Yeah. Like, who's ready for the fills? Let's, let's go team. And then you hear like Cesar's like walkout song. It's like, oh, well, this is depressing. <laughs> I guess I'll go get another beer and uh, go home to my lonely life. Like <laughs> cry. Yeah. It's like, it's like, come on, Cesar. Like, can we get a little, little, little upbeat music? It's so, it's so sad. Listen for it tonight. If you can't hear I'm it. I'm going to. I'm if you can't to. hear it on TV, listen to the radio feed. You can hear it pretty clearly. Fransky, Fransky on Friday was like, <laughs> and here comes Cesar Hernandez up with the single most depressing <laughs> <laughs> walk-up music I've ever heard in a ballpark. Wow. And, uh, and he was, legit. And LA's like, what are we going to a funeral? <laughs> oh, man. That's great. So watch out for that. It's brutal. Only one final thought today. Wow. Well, I guess my second final thought is, again, a thousand ratings and we'll release the Bryce Harper yes. is never coming here podcast. And we are talking about a... At the ballpark. Yes, we, we, we think we have a date circle. We think we have a date circle. It should be a fun game, um, one that we can get tickets for. And all, that. all right, I have two final thoughts. The first uh, thoughts to David Ortiz. I think both of us big David Ortiz fans yes, when he played. For sure. Love the way he went about his business. Love the the positivity, the attitude, and all that. Obviously, shot in the Dominican Republic last night. Looks like he's gonna be fine. Looks like looks like he really avoid like, much like me with my face in the dog. Where it could have been my throat, could have been my eye. It was my cheek. Looks like you had a very similar, in a much more serious way. You were just, uh, you were, you and you and David Ortiz went through the same thing. Same thing. Yes. He got shot. I got bit by a dog. Same thing. No, oh, it's serious. I got hit by in a baseball. All, <laughs> yes, exactly. In all seriousness, it looks like it missed all his vital organs. So Yes. Thank, uh, I mean, thank God. Thank I mean, Ortiz God. Seriously, is, thank God. Ortiz I, is awesome. He is so awesome. Um, and my second thought, mm, Jack, you think Mad Bum's going to fit in with the Let the Kids Play Philadelphia Phillies if they trade for him? I don't know. So, obviously, if you didn't see him, Max Muncy at home running, literally, like, as tame a bat flip as you will see. He watched it for a second. He basically put his bat down, 
Mad Bum comes at him. Here's the quote from Mad Bum. He says, I can't even say it with a straight face, but the more I think about it, I should just let the kids play, but I, I just can't. I can't. They want to let everyone be themselves, then let me be myself. That's me. I think uh, I will leave my final thought to Max Muncy's response to Madison Baumgartner. Uh, he, Muncy said to him, Baumgartner said, don't watch the ball run. And I just told him if he doesn't want me to watch the ball, go get it out of the ocean. Suck it, Mad Bum. Uh, team Mad Bum. Uh, always. Of course you are. You, you are such <laughs> team, a pitcher. Team Mad Bum. Uh, no, I... I understand where he's coming from from the sand. No, 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 no. It was so tame. Would you would you let me yes. finish? Yes. I yes. understand where he comes from from the like from the like, yo, dude. But I because it's it's like you're in the moment where you're also like I just got embarrassed. Like I let a home run yesterday, and I was like me like really I just did that. <laughs> I was so mad. I was so mad. Like so you get it. I allowed one home run every year in high school. That's it. That's all I allowed myself. And then and I had them yesterday, and I was like, oh my god, what is this? And like it's like you're mad at yourself, but then you also see that you're also mad at him. There's a lot of internal just mm-hmm. anger, um, and you you kind of black out. Honestly, you black okay. out. This is the best excuse I've heard. I'm just telling you, it, somewhat being in that situation, like you just black out in rage. Like that's why I always defended Pavetta because me and him are act the exact same. Well, yeah. I as I, as the, I pointed out, I figured that one out. I sussed that one out. I literally. That's why you're a Pavetta guy. Yesterday, I was on the mound. I threw a strike, and I call, he called the ball. I said, "Are you bleeping kidding me? <laughs> like, like it's right there." So I understand where Mad Bum is coming from. I am pro let the kids play. It was not even that big of a oh, bad flip. Well, let the kids anything. It's funny. It was not a. It was nothing. It was like nothing. he just watched it for a half a second and then started running. It I was know. like, it's just Mad Bum thinking he's Mad Bum yes. and that he doesn't allow. Well, home the runs. funniest part about it is Joe Sheehan put it on Twitter is that Mad Bum is a year and twenty four days older than Max Muncy. Like they're the same age. I know. Come I on, know. Mad Bum. I know. But uh, he's looking pretty good. Future Philly Mad Bum. He won seven innings yesterday against them. Yeah, he looked great. They lost one nothing. I mean, yeah. he pitched well. All right, uh, Fritzy, I'm going to be away this weekend. Oh, yeah. In Florida. Nah, who wants to go to Florida? I don't. My 101-year-old grandmother died, so I have to. <laughs> yes. And it's 101, man. That's I know, that's pretty life. serious. So, yeah. I'm, it's I'm, a long time. It's a great, great life. Yeah. No, no, no sadness. It's all good. Yeah. But we'll figure it out. We'll make it happen somewhere or another, but... Um, until then well, have fun in Florida uh, don't run into any Florida men yeah, yeah. the, the Florida, Florida man yes <laughs> he's a crazy man all I'm going to be trying to do in Florida is figuring out how I can watch Phillies and Braves that's what I would do and I'll make it work <laughs> that's what everyone I'll, in the iHost Nation would do make it work <laughs> alright uh, we will talk to you later in the week one way or another for, for it's some sense we'll talk to you later